Hello, welcome back everyone to Have You Ever Heard Of? I'm Cam. And I'm Miles. And we are going to get right back into talking about more Final Space. So uh, if you haven't watched it, and if you're worried about spoilers, then yeah, um, come back in a couple episodes when we're talking about a different show. Otherwise, over to you, Miles. So, uh, we're talking about episodes uh, 4, 5, and 6. That's right. So uh, let's talk about number four first. Uh, in this episode, Quinn is being chased by the Infinity Guard, and Kevin saves Gar- saves Hugh. Uh, Gary recharges the battery of the ship and hallucinates about uh, how he is who he is. Yeah, I guess that's a way to look at it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hallucinate is certainly a word to use, seeing as how he's almost dead by the time we get him back. Yeah, I don't want to discuss too much into that yet. (laughs) Although what it does do is that it introduces us to, I think, actually my new favorite character of the show (laughs) in Gary's dad. Yes, good old Ron Perlman. Well, I mean, yes, that is who voices him. And yeah. uh, Because war never changes. So, a fun tidbit for you guys here. Uh, Ron Perlman is the guy who, Cameron was telling me this, Ron Perlman is the guy who uh, says war never changes and does the intro to every single Fallout game. That's right. All the way back to the first one in, I can't remember what year Fallout came out in 95 or 96 or something. But yes, he is uh, well known for, well, other things in addition to that. Um, but yeah, no, like as soon as he started talking, I'm just like, oh my God, that's Ron Perlman. That's <laughs> awesome. That's great. Well, we only got like a, a small taste, but, um, uh, I'm looking forward to, I'm pretty sure he's going to show up more cause like you don't get someone like Ron Perlman and just have him there for a one and done episode. But, you know, I guess we'll see as the show goes on. Keith David was also in there. He Oh, that's right. Some of you may not know who Keith David is. Uh, He's sometimes referred to as Gordon Freeman at home or the guy that you call when you don't, when you can't get Gordon Freeman. That's or not Gordon Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Sorry. You're stuck in... Freeman is Half-Life. I'm, I got you're, video you're, games you're, on the Yeah, on exactly. The line. <laughs> yeah. You're getting a little uh, preoccupied there. But Morgan Freeman at home. Yes. Ah, I feel like that's not, that's doing a disservice to Keith David because, man. He is he... actually a really good actor in that. And uh, I don't want to cut him, cut him down or anything, but. <laughs> No, he, he sounds but, a lot like Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I definitely would agree that he has that that cadence and uh, just like the way he talks very much is similar vein to Morgan Freeman. Just, you know, subtract 30 years from the voice, I guess. Well, I forgot that, that he was in there also. But I mean, you probably don't even remember what he said, do you? Um, Specific lines? No, I so, don't. When Gary's watching the spaceship fly that his dad's in, mm-hmm. he looks up and he says, do I have to watch this again? Oh, and there is a reply. Yes. And the reply is, yes. Oh, that was Keith Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then I get the feeling that he's probably going to show up in later episodes, too. Sorry for ruining that for you. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of forgot, but I think maybe it was because it was just so... I think I was still just kind of blown away by Ron Perlman. <laughs> well, that that's actually a very intense uh, bit of uh, 
plot that's going on in mm-hmm. there. You know, you kind of figure out why Gary is who he is and why he fell into a life of crime. It's because his parents were not there. And uh, I won't really get into the mom side of things, but his dad, mm-hmm. well, his dad did something and something happened to him. Yeah, well... And it kind of is what it is. Well... We'll, we'll go into that more later. Yeah, like, because we were briefly introduced to this in this episode and they don't really touch on it at all in the next couple episodes either because there's a whole lot of other things that happen. I mean, when I was talking, uh, I think it was, yeah, in episode three where things just kind of like started to just information overload for me and was having trouble paying attention. Well, not paying attention, but absorbing everything at once. It just kind of... That's just the way it is now. It happened here in episode four. It happened here in episode five and six as well. It's just... Uh, we're on a roller coaster now and it, uh, it's not really slowing down, uh, anytime soon. Although speaking of other things that kind of occurred to me from last time when we were talking about the first three episodes, so I had mentioned Hugh, is he like a bad guy because he's an AI and he's the one who's ultimately the warden for Gary and now we see that, yeah, in a way, he he doesn't really have complete control because the infinity infinity guard just like dominates him right there. They just take him over, and suddenly he's not their friend anymore. Um, yeah, very much. Uh, uh, there, there's a lot of different things about when it comes to AI in, in sci-fi that I found. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of split AI into two different categories. Either one. Humanity knows exactly what they are, how they work, and they're able to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Or two, they manage to create it accidentally, or it's evolved far beyond what they understand, and they're not able to actually control it. And it's kind of out of their hands. Um, the, a good example of the latter, I would say, is Terminator. the newer... Well, Terminator, <laughs> kind of, yes. Because uh, they understand Terminator, it's just that it, it evolved out of their hands. Right, it got um, too fast for them. I was thinking also uh, the newer aliens actually kind of go into it. Oh, oh like Prometheus okay. yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that I think that's a great way of showing it. And in this case, uh, Final Space would be the opposite of it. Uh, humanity has managed to make the AI. They control the AI, and uh, they let it do what it wants up until they need to take over and do something. Then mm-hmm. they force it to. Yeah. I mean, it is still quite interesting to see because I'm so used to AI being kind of on the opposite, uh, not necessarily on the opposite end in the sense that it's not completely out of control sort of thing. But generally speaking, there's a certain amount of autonomy that AIs have that it's really, really hard to take over them. Whereas here, uh, it was pretty easy for them to take over Hugh. <laughs> they did it immediately. Infinity Guard shows up and he barely just... had time to warn them that yeah, he was right. being taken over. Yeah, he's just like, what does he say? Those He calls them like douchebags or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These douchebags are taking me over and I will not be able to resist. And I'm sorry. <laughs> away we go. <laughs> um, but uh, then Kevin, of all uh, things, people, is the one that saves the day. I just found it interesting that you have Quinn and Avocado just being like, I'm the one who's going to do this. No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And Kevin's just like, whatever, I'm going to go save <coughs> the day. 
Exactly. And even Hugh is like, man, you suck. Nobody likes you. <laughs> like, Well, he was also taken over. Right? I know, I know. But that, I, that was probably doing a little bit truthful to his character, though. <laughs> I, the thing that I found interesting about that is that while I'm sure it was just like the Infinity Guard has made Hugh into kind of a huge asshole now... Um, I also kind of got the feeling that maybe this is just how everyone responds to Kevin because of what Kevin is. It's like, no one really likes that robot because they understand what they're for, and you're not supposed to like them. Exactly. <laughs> so even Hugh, the, the, the master AI, is still just like, oh my god, really? You're going to be the hero? I mean, try. And he succeeded. Um, so and, do, does this mean does this mean you like Kevin? I actually don't <laughs> mind him. Like now that there are other characters, it balances things out a little bit more. So I mean, at the beginning we have Gary, we have all of the same me robots. We have Hugh and we have Kevin. And so yes, Kevin is very overbearing and very annoying because he's annoying Gary because that's his purpose. And he's still annoying everyone because that's still his purpose. But there seems to be a little bit more um, substance now because there are other people around. So he's still annoying, yes, but it feels more... Uh, like, he feels more fully realized now because there are other people to bounce off of. It's not just the same old joke. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, that that's... Uh, I think that's pretty much all I've got as far as, like, things to say about for episode four. That's fine. What do you reckon? Uh, we can move on to five, then. All right. Uh, so five, little Cotto attends to contact, attempts to contact his father. Quinn, Gary, Avocado, and Mooncake investigate the laser that's making the gravita gravitational disturbance bigger. And it ends up that it was the Infinity Guard. And it turns out that they were using her research from the beginning of the series, too. Yes. <laughs> so... Interest, uh, my big feeling on this, and then it's even compounded more in the next episode, is that we're not really in the humor, like primarily humor or comedy genre anymore. Like this is really heavy, like really, really overly dramatic stuff that we're getting into now. It's great. Honestly, works quite well for the space opera that we are in. It's just, um, like, I don't know. I, I'm honestly kind of surprised that I thought there was going to be more humor and there's like not really a whole lot of humor anymore. Like not, not as like the main focus, you know? You're right. And if you don't like it, do you know what we can say to that? Um, what? Tough Titty Wombas. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I actually was doing some research about this, and it turns out that Tough Titty Wombas was actually something that uh, Olin Rogers' mother would say to him. Oh, really? And it's sort of a response. Like, he would say, I, would, I want ice cream. And she says, you can't have ice cream. Well, I really want ice cream. Well, Tough Titty Wombas. Mm. So, he decided to share that with the rest of the world. <laughs> oh, that's always funny when uh, there are little things like that. Um... 
just as like a, a, a weird random aside for that, um, you know um, the the Uncharted series, right? The of course, Nathan, Nathan Drake. Yeah. yeah. So I can't remember which game it was. Maybe it's in all of them. But one of his like little one-liners that he has when he defeats an enemy is that he'll say, ha ha, kitty got wet. And someone was like, what the heck does that mean? And asked him at a con and he responded, so I was with my kid one day and we were playing a game and he beat me and then he just said, ha ha, kitty got wet. And I'm just like, hmm, you're right. Cats don't like getting wet. And so and there we go. <laughs> he went to the recording studio and he said it. There you go. It's funny, the little things from life that uh, make their way into something bigger. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um one other thing that i do love about this episode also like just with like the the space opera like aesthetic is like all of the tech stuff like hidden base with like a hologram to make it seem like it's just a regular moon or whatever or planet that they're on just i think it was a moon i'm pretty sure it was a moon yeah, it was either a moon or it was the moon that they blow up. I can't remember which, you know, it, something blew up when uh, when Mooncake destroys the laser, but whatever. Um, what I'm really meaning is like everything about getting to the base is like, this is why I watch sci-fi shows is stuff like that. The, the, the weird moths that can shrink you probably so that it's easier to eat you um the the holographic simulation and everything to cloak the base the um, laser to uh to make the gravitational disturbance bigger yeah or even just like um the electricity in the in the walls as they're trying to sneak away from everybody all of it everything about this episode is just like pump that stuff into my veins this is what i live for for even, watching sci-fi even the attaching the uh the the feeling receptors oh of yeah, the, yeah. Of the arm oh, onto yeah. The connecting arm. his nerve oh man <laughs> that's um that's right up there with uh what the heck is that 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 one quote from simpsons all oh, right the the robot why was i programmed to feel pain oh yes yes same same line of thinking right <laughs> Um, yes. No, this this was a great episode. I really also like how uh it it really shows how Quinn didn't realize how big of a problem she was in that whole thing. Cuz she said she only trusted three people. Mhm. Uh what was it? Her cat, her sister, and, and the all of all of the Infinity Guard. Yeah. And so now it's just down to her cat and her sister and herself. Yeah, cuz they're even, not there. And then she realized she can't even trust herself because she ended right. up being the one that uh, that this whole thing basically was created for mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. created because of. Um, one of my favorite lines of uh, this. Well, this reminds me of one of my favorite lines from V for Vendetta. Mm. I came for what you did, not what you wanted to do. Yep. 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 That's... But yeah, uh, that was a beautiful episode. Yeah, um, I would say like highlight of the series so far for me, just because of like from a visual standpoint and everything, everything that happened, and I'm just like, oh, this is great. I want more of this. I guess we'll see if we'll get some more. And then number six. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gary is freed, and mm-hmm. then Avocado and Gary go to save Little Kaoru as as Quinn is uh, 
overturned of what's important. Uh, she wanted to go stop the disturb, stop the uh, the gravitate, uh, sorry, the tear of uh, final space from opening. And Gary said, "We have to do this other thing first. And of course, I guess Gary is truly the captain, not the captive. And now, and uh, he uh, basically, go, yes, he goes with Avocado to save Little Cotto. Why do I keep saying that? Uh, Quinn manages to flirt with Kevin and get out of the binds that she's in, only to actually have to sit down and see all a bunch. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure not all of the videos, but a good portion of the videos that he was act, Gary was trying to send to her every time, uh, every single day. Also, uh, I guess it's just a small point, but avocado dies. <laughs> just a small point. Um, you know, we'll we'll come back to that. <laughs> not not a biggie. It's just a just a small little thing. You know, not barely worth mentioning. <laughs> so another interesting thing that for whatever reason didn't really land with me until we were watching this um, is who voices Little Cotto? Is it Stephen Ewan? And I'm just like, wow. This guy just keeps popping up in shows that I keep watching. I mean, he's the main character in Invincible. Um, he is uh, Speckle in Tuca and Birdie. Oh, such um, a good show. <laughs> he's in a whole bunch of other... Ah, shoot. Um, who is... I'm pretty sure he was in uh, Voltron. I can't remember which one of the paladins he is, but he's one of them. Someone will probably remind me, but uh, it's not coming to be. But I know he's in that. And man, that guy's just like all over the dang place. And I mean, he's good. But um, I, again, just like kind of one of those, wow, there's a whole lot of like A-list uh, talent in this show. I mean, wow, they, they, they went out. They got all the good people for this. And um, one interesting thing about this episode is that we go into Avocado's backstory a little bit more. And I guess now I know that he's not going to betray Gary, mainly because he doesn't get a chance to do it because he dies. But I remember wondering that after the first couple episodes was like, he's a mercenary. He's out to get his son. What the heck is going to happen after he gets his son and his purpose with being with Gary is complete. Is he just going to, you know, F off and go do his own thing? Or is he going to see this through? And I mean, we learned that, yes, he would see it through since he hates the Lord Commander, despite all the horrible things that he did in the Lord Commander's name before this, and still kind of continued to do so because of his son. You know, he's not a good person. He's he's really not. He's he's an anti-hero. <laughs> yeah, uh very much so. Um but I mean, he's not a villain. No, but he has to do bad things. Yeah, and I mean he he has a, a saying um cuz Gary is like why do you do this and or how did how do you wind up in that position? It's like I refuse to look for answers to the questions that I don't want to ask to which Gary's like, what the hell does that mean? And I'm sitting there going, well, I mean, you know, it's kind of like uh, people that work in, you know, the oil and gas industry, for example, they have to deny that climate change is real because their lives depend on it. Otherwise they'll be out of a job. Does that necessarily mean that they're horrible people? Well, not necessarily. Not if you look into it a little bit more and it's kind of the same with avocado. Does that, 
mean that he's a horrible person because he was the Lord Commander's right-hand man for all this time, and even after the whole have to kill your firstborn and couldn't go through with that? Like, what was he before the Lord Commander showed up? How long has the Lord Commander even been around for? That Don't have an answer to that yet. Well, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I You'll presume, figure it out. I presume You'll that, figure it out. Don't I presume worry. that's going to be answered at some point. I don't I'm, know if you want those answers, but uh, we'll, we'll get there. Don't worry. I, that, that, that's just something that just kind of occurred to me after like this point. It's like, how long has this guy even been around for? We don't know. <laughs> um, maybe you don't want to know. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, maybe not. Um don't worry don't worry about it we'll get there we'll All right. get there <laughs> okay okay so uh let's talk about uh quinn and gary yeah because you you know you're asking that question about how avocado and gary will avocado to betray gary yeah would you think quinn would have betrayed gary i don't think she would betray him um and in that way i'm pretty sure once Quinn remembers who the heck he is. And I mean, it's overly dramatic the way, I mean, but I get it, the way Gary reacts when she's like, oh my, who the hell are you? Like, I have never met you before. You're getting very close and handsy and like, this is kind of creepy. <laughs> and he's just like, I've been sending stuff to you for like five years. And it's like, I've never received any of that stuff, and the creep meter just kind of keeps going up here, yeah. my guy. Like, you won't even tell me your name. Like, I'm going to be honest, her just knowing who Hugh and Kevin are, she's Infinity Guard, so she probably just knows those classifications. And yeah. when she just automatically knew the names of the robots, their names are written on the robots. That's not hard. Okay, but what about Avocado? Avocado introduced himself. That's true. Straight up. He probably was just like, hi, I'm Avocado, and like actually introduced himself. Gary does not do that, ever. What? He just keeps assuming, so she just keeps getting his name wrong because he does not introduce himself. She calls him Gerald because she's probably thinking Gary's a nickname, and she's not on, on that relationship level with him yet, so she won't call him by a nickname. Like, But you do have to remember, in Gary's position... Um, and this is actually a, a big thing that happens to a lot of criminals. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't actually grow with the times. Mm -hmm. They kind of get stuck in this path. Like if you were incarcerated in 1998, uh, you wouldn't have known about the two towers falling. You wouldn't really have known how big the internet got. Uh, like it would just be ramping up. There's a lot of things that you wouldn't understand that after 25 years, you got out. You, you would be have a... would know about 9-11 because everybody knew about 9-11. They probably were showing that on the TVs in prisons. But possibly. Definitely like the internet. I bet if you went in in 98, like Y2K, you probably didn't hear about that. And that was just a thing that happened. And as you were like just going through your life, figuring stuff out, it's like, holy crap, the world almost ended. Yeah. What? And everyone's like. Y2K was, what? What the hell are you talking about? Oh, it's yeah, 2018, that man. <laughs> that was so long ago. 
There are adults that don't even know about that. There are adults <laughs> that were born after that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no. But, I, uh, I totally understand why Gary acts the way he does. You, you do also have to remember that also Gary was in basically solitary confinement for mm-hmm. that entire time. So yeah. he probably didn't have access to a lot of stuff. So he fixated on the point that, oh, well... Uh, of course, she meant so much to him. I mean, he, she was basically one of the reasons why he was incarcerated. By all means, it's all his fault. <laughs> but, you know, that's that was the flower across the street that the child ran across the road to, to pick that caused the accident. Right, right. Like, so. yeah. Um, again, I don't necessarily hold it against Gary for acting the way he does. I mean, he has every right, especially after five years of... Um, the only thing, I, I guess kind of like the point that I'm getting to with this is that Quinn wouldn't betray him, like, unless he is going to, like, go join the Lord Commander's side or something like that. And, and that's then, not betraying. That That's the other way. Yeah, that that's just she kind betrayed, of... Or he betrayed her, exactly. not her betraying him. Exactly, exactly. So... Um, no, I, I don't feel that she would ever necessarily do anything that runs counter what he wants to do because he, Gary wants to be the hero. So she'll go right along with that because turns out that's what she wants. Well, well, she wants the she wants, Yeah. She wants that ending. And if he has the ability to help out in any way, even if it's just as a distraction, might as well take it. Yeah, the thing that I'm wondering about going forward is what the dynamic is going to be between them because I'm very much thinking that I would rather that, at least for the time being, they kind of just like keep it as, yes, Gary, I understand you like me. That's quite evident. I don't know you. And so far, a lot of this stuff is kind of keeping me away from anything like that because that's, again, still super creepy guy. But what we want to do is the same, so we're just going to keep working together. And I'm glad that you trust me and think that I'm so cool and great. That's, you know, a good confidence booster. <laughs> Especially after, you know, finding out that she's the reason why the Earth might be destroyed <laughs> in, a, in a roundabout way. Hey, everybody does stupid things every now and then. Some people's are way more stupid than others. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, well, I mean, it's interesting how each of these episodes all focus on, like, getting our main characters kind of, like, to their lowest points in a certain way. Gary almost dies. Gary almost dies a lot of times, but... Specifically with the whole um, hallucination in episode four and almost cooking to death. Um, and we find out kind of, you know, the reason why he is he, he is the way he is. Or at least we dig into it a little bit. And then in episode five, we have Quinn just kind of like collapse because, oh my goodness, I'm trying to prevent the end of the world. And it turns out I'm the reason why the world is going to end anyways. And then in episode six, we have Avocado and Little Kato reunite. And then immediately, in not even ten seconds, Avocado's dead. I was not expecting it to be that fast. Absolutely, I felt like someone was probably going to die of the main group. I sure was not expecting it to be like that fast. 
like wow so speaking about this actually i kind of want to throw something out here okay uh this kind of reminds me of uh combat systems and rpg games mm-hmm. so cameron and i both play D. we also play a game called Hackmaster, and in D, you don't really get a good scaling to how combat how quick combat is mm-hmm. um I, a good example of this is uh a lot of fights will take like a couple minutes in D. right I because mean, of the like, turn orders and yeah. how long turns take and all that yeah, yeah. um in Hackmaster, a very deadly encounter will generally be over in about thirty seconds, maybe a minute and a half. If it's a like if it's a, a half, if it's a minute and a half, your characters are all going to suffer greatly, and then uh, you actually prolong combat to the point where uh, the people with the most armor and the best, the better defenses, end up uh, winning because. Uh, you end up just slugging and slugging away, and of course your your hits become less and less effective, and you're hitting slower and slower. So mm-hmm. the person with more armor is going to be the one taking less damage, uh, because in Hackmaster, your when you wear armor, it doesn't actually raise your armor class that makes you harder to hit. It absorbs the hit and takes that damage. It takes that damage away that you would normally get. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas D and D doesn't do that. D and D is the opposite. It uh, you become harder to hit the more armor you wear. So when they hit you, you know it's gonna hurt in D and D. It will always hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whereas yes, in Hackmaster, there's a certain amount of you can still move out of the way, or you can take the hit and you can just be kind of like, whew! Thank goodness I was wearing this nice. Uh, breastplate that means that uh turns out that that you know sword didn't do as much damage as it could have but yeah you're right i mean average combat scenarios that we do are like over in not even 20 seconds yes and that's the scary thing about combat and that's one reason why i do like the hackmaster system the self-proclaimed best rpg system in the world <laughs> Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I understand where you're, where you're coming from in terms of like, that is how quickly these things can happen. But I mean more from like a dramatic perspective. I honestly wasn't expecting Avocado to just die like that. I honestly thought maybe that it was going to be like, well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe next episode. You really think that they would let Avocado die? Well, no. I don't mean that, but I mean maybe I'm jumping the gun here and maybe in episode 7 we're going to like have like a a vegetative state avocado in the med bay or something like that. I don't know. What I do know is that it seems like they got reunited and boom, avocado's dead just like that. I'm still just like, wow. Just uh going for the throat. They're uh giving us no quarter. It with this personally i like it when a show does this i've always been a fan of uh getting rid of characters uh it really brings down a feeling of uh fragility to mm-hmm. to the connection that you have with characters you know it, it changes that dynamic like you want to root for somebody and you want them to win and then you realize oh they can die and they might not win well, I mean, this kind of goes into why you love Hackmaster so much because, yeah, 
you're rolling like three or four characters in preparation for a campaign because you're probably going to need all three or four of them to even get to like the first couple levels. <laughs> yes, yes. In the way that they also hold their characters, uh, in D and D, your your characters are slightly better than than normal. Whereas Hackmaster forces you to be playing a character that is normal. They start out normal. They can become great. You just have to get there, and you have to survive. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to see, speaking of survival, we're going to see how everyone kind of copes going forward. I mean, we've got, well, I guess we're into the final stretch now. We've got four episodes to go, because um, I imagine that, like, the final, like, nine and ten is going to be, like, a, you know hour long something like that or may as well be (laughs) well i mean the best way to put it is we have four minutes left yeah right 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 yeah uh yeah i I presume that in the final episode we're finally going to get to the point of i presume that is what we're building towards with the with the with the introductions every minute ticking down so i'm gonna ask you a question Mm -hmm. do you think gary's going to die um, uh, honestly, at this point, I feel like it is entirely possible that every, I mean, you know what? It's entirely possible that everybody dies and like, they don't actually stop the Lord Commander. And then there's maybe like some other kind of sci-fi shenanigans of kind of like, give you a, uh, um, you know, kind of like a cliffhanger thing, and then because I know that the show has more seasons, because <laughs> Netflix well, tells me that there are more seasons. <laughs> well, let's be totally honest here. I got, I got, I have to remind you about this here. Nightfall does come from a different timeline. Well, so it it no, could. There thing. is a possibility that yes, you're right. The Lord Commander does win, and this other season might just be a different timeline. That might be another way that they fail. That is a very good point. But we will get there when we get there. That's true. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, tune back in with us next time when we finish off uh, Season 1 of Final Space. See ya. See ya.